Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. You've got a tournament, you've got the Pacers, and then you've got Jim Ursay, whether he's aware of it or not, dropping truth bombs in a way that make you wonder what the heck is happening with the Indianapolis Colts and who will actually be their quarterback. Tony Katz, good to be with you. JMV joins us right now from 93.5-1075 The Fan. He is the voice of sports in Indiana, and according to sources, he is the second most popular person ever to graduate Eastern Green High School. Congratulations to you. Well, that's big time, you know what I mean? And uh, shout out to Dusty May for taking me off uh, of that list, and I'm proud to go off that list, or at least go down a uh, rung on the ladder of that particular list right there. I'm proud to watch him do that work, Tony Katz, in this NCAA tournament to get that spot at Eastern Green High School. From Eastern Green to IU to being the coach at uh, at Florida Atlantic, they're in this Final Four. They will take on San Diego State. Uh, you've then got UConn against Miami. Uh, anything for you changing in this Final Four, watching things over the last couple days, maybe hearing about injury reports or anything like that? Uh, you got your championship matchup from these four? Yeah, I, th- I think actually Florida Atlantic, and this is, you know, I'll Rooting interest aside here, I think they have a really good chance to get to that championship game. I think the problem is going to be this. You have a legitimate favorite among these four teams, and that is UConn. And you're going to see that in that second game, that nightcap on Saturday night when they take home Miami of Florida. Now, we'll see what Miami of Florida can give to them because they have been outstanding in this tournament so far. But we talked about this early in the week. I just think UConn's a little bit different from these other teams that we see because they can go big and thrive. They can go small and be guard-oriented and thrive. They can do really um, everything that maybe some of these other teams won't be able to do. They have shooting. And here's the thing. Danny Hurley is their head coach, and last year he realized this. He said, you know what, we need some shooting here to go with our big guy in Sunogo. And they have added shooting all around. They are athletic. They can run. They can play in the half court. And that will mess some of these teams up. Now, we'll say this about Dusty's team. They can get up and down the floor, and certainly they can play. And they have a big man in Golden, a seven-footer. But it just seems like UConn, Tony, can come at you in waves. And if I were going to install a favorite going in easily on Saturday and then to make it to Monday, it's going to be the UConn Huskies. You know, it's it's fascinating because I think you're right as you take a look at it, just take a look at just the, the numbers and the play. UConn has just been outstanding and dominant and as a four seed, maybe an argument for they, they were they were ranked down a little too much. But going up against Miami, it's it's a question of who's had a harder run through this tournament. Miami had to get through IU. Miami had to get through Houston. Miami had to get through Texas. That's that is crazy, crazy stuff. The biggest thing that UConn had to get through was Gonzaga, and they yeah. dispatched of Gonzaga by nearly 30 points. They dispatched of Arkansas, uh, upsetting uh, uh, morning show producer Jonathan, by more than 20. But 
there's an argument for Miami in this. That said, I think that if you end up with uh, Florida Atlantic and UConn, you've got the best ratings grabber for the rest of the country. But my gosh, I got to assume the NCAA wants that Miami market really paying attention. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny because they Coral Gables and Boca Raton. Uh, it's about 45 minutes on a good day of traffic, which you never have in South Florida, but that's kind of the link between uh, both of those schools. And, Tony, what you bring up is an interesting point here, and you're absolutely right, um, in terms of UConn being on cruise control, uh, for lack of a better description right here on cruise control, whereas these other teams that we see in the Final Four have had these signature moments of, all right, so this could go either way. And here it is for you. You take it and you run with it. They've been in those moments. You know, you go back to FAU with Memphis. That was a signature moment for them. I mean, Miami's had a couple. They were down 13 in the second half uh, the other day to advance to the Final Four. That was their signature moment. And then when you look at San Diego State, you know, kind of a do-or-die situation they had ultimately with Creighton that they got over on. And, and UConn has kind of been on that cruise control type of thing playing – you know, at a high level. So they haven't had one of those situations yet. So I agree with you. Sometimes you need to go through that to to experience it, to get to that ultimate level. And we'll see if that plays a significant role coming up on Saturday. And uh, certainly if UConn ends up getting on Monday night to that national championship game. Talking to JMV from 93.5, 107.5, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana, let's move it over to the pro side. Look at the Pacers, and, and let me just share this uh, with you. Uh, the days of winning more than two in a row, well, that's long gone. Just in the last six, lost to the Sixers, lost to the Hornets, yeah. a win against the Raptors, which will argue fluke, lost to the Celtics, lost to the Hawks, lost to the Mavericks by 23. What was that, last night? Was that just last night? It was a night, night before last. Night before. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is what we call in the business not a good team. When you <laughs> thought is. maybe they would just yeah. at least be exciting, uh, that has uh, lessened. Uh, they are not last in, in, in the Central, but they just don't want to, you know, give Detroit a run for their money. Um, what's next for these people? Finish up the season, everybody goes into hiding, and how do they rebuild? Um, no, no, no. You're right. I mean, that is what that's what they're doing right now. They're kind of mopping up the season here, and and they have. And you've been out in front of this on your show with us together here. There have been moments, spotty moments, in which you can go, "Oh wow, you know, this team is really good. This team can can really compete." And then you know, we would they'd give us reasons to understand why they weren't significant enough to make a legitimate run or to get into the postseason. And we've seen that recently. Miles Turner didn't play. Tyrese Halliburton didn't play because of the injury situations against Dallas the other night. Uh, so we all kind of knew how that was going to end. And, yeah, essentially, Tony, they're mopping up the end of the season. And we'll see what happens as far as the NBA draft lottery is concerned. We'll also watch this. We'll see what happens in terms of players wanting to come and play here now. Comparatively speaking, nobody really has ever. I'm talking about free agents, something like that. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is the centerpiece that's not going anywhere. A lot of guys would like to play with Tyrese Halliburton. We'll see what Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan can do to add those pieces. They certainly need a lengthy wing that can play a little defense and can shoot it as well. But we're watching this team evolve into a team in a couple of years, maybe even as quickly as next year. We're going to be talking about them in a different light. We're going to be talking about them challenging in this playoff hunt, being more significant than they are right now. They're mopping up the season and preparing for off season. That's going to be really important, again, for the evolution of this franchise, Tony. 
Is there any question that Rick Carlisle's returning? Uh, none. None whatsoever. He's going to guide this ship for the foreseeable future. And I think, Tony, honestly, I think most people out there, if you're a Pacer fan, you're pretty happy with all how all this has gone down. And remember, he came all of me and said, you know, the season could have a bumpy ride. And in December, they gave a lot of people a thrill. Um, unfortunately, this team has now just kind of become what we thought they were going to be at the start of the season. But they sent out a warning flare to everybody about how this could be and about how they're building, and that's exactly what has taken place. Let's move it over to the Colts, the owners' meeting taking place, and the conversation about Lamar Jackson, quarterback for Baltimore. Lamar Jackson coming out, saying he's requested a trade from the Ravens, going back earlier in uh, to March. He wants the contract that's fully guaranteed. He acts as his own agent. Look, I'm my own agent. It's not always the best thing in the world to do. Um, you now have a situation where we're being told by the the voices that be that the Colts are actually taking a look, that the Colts are a place where Lamar Jackson could end up. You're not a believer. You think it's going to end up as Will Levis with that fourth pick in the draft, no trading up and done. Jim Ursay jumps in and says, as an owner, I do not believe in fully guaranteed contracts. I think that a percentage is one thing, but from what I've seen from the NBA and baseball, I don't see it as a positive competitively. Uh, there are two things here. First, that puts an end to Lamar Jackson coming to the Colts. And number two, uh, holy crap, he said the words. Now you've got other owners that can be like, yeah, what Jim said. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, I mean, it, all shot, it started with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, Tony, a year ago. Because, you know, the owners across the NFL didn't like what Cleveland did to bring in Deshaun Watson. And, I, I listen, this didn't surprise me whatsoever. And even beyond this particular point, it's what you would have to do to even think about trying to get Lamar Jackson. You'd have to dump, have a salary cap dump, get rid of significant players before you even knew that he was going to be on your team, Tony, because Baltimore can always match. And this is something you and I have talked about in recent days. He's going to end up back in Baltimore where we all thought he was going to be at the beginning and the Colts are going to draft a rookie quarterback. And it's not sexy. Uh, you know, it, Lamar Jackson is a great, great sports talk radio fodder. But it just has never really been realistic. They're going to tell you they're going to look and they're going to vet these situations because they have to. If they don't, we're going to rip on them. But at the end of it all, this was never really going to be a logical play for them. That's why I've stayed away from it. And they're going to draft somebody, and we're going to see if that somebody is going to be Will Levis, as I've talked about since October around here. About a month to go to find but they're going to go rookie. JMV, 93.5-1075, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana, and the second most notable alumnus. <laughs> My brother, appreciate you as always. You know that. Yeah, dude, appreciate you too, JMV. Appreciate you being here on the DriveHubler.com hotline. 